reference that is even old for me. I don't know what it's from. Don Ho has a song called Tiny Bubbles. That's oh. not very good. It was the only song that he had that was very popular, and he made his entire career off of it. Do you know Don Ho? Have you ever heard of Don Ho? Nope. He was, this, uh, he was the Hawaiian Wayne Newton. Okay. So just a lounge singer from Hawaii. Okay. He had a song called Tiny Bubble. I don't know if he's from Hawaii, but like he just that was where his where he ended up making his his famous. And there was the Don Ho Theater. And he had just a residency, and I think I must have been Honolulu. It's like you go see Don Ho, and um, my mom said that she, they went and saw him once. He, I think it was before I was born, and he was just like would like go and like kiss the women in the audience and like oh man a little too much and no oh, man <laughs> just like just sing just sing the songs. <laughs> but uh, that's Don Ho. That's your good to know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Question mark. Definitely, definitely <laughs> question mark. Um, okay. Welcome to another episode of Pro-Am Disc Golf. I'm Gavin Goodwin. And I'm Chris Telesbo. And we appreciate you coming back for another week. The uh, numbers are growing and it's really cool. So uh, spread the word and tell other people to listen to the show. So waiting for, well, I'm not waiting for anything. It's it's steadily growing. It's doing great. So, yeah. Um, That's good. Yeah. If we can just get some people to give us money doing the show but i have to probably do some legwork on that one <laughs> someday someday um well how you been chris uh i am well did you get out and play this week um just a little bit busy school week but i did get some little protos in the mail so i had to go take a day to oh, throw yeah. them that's that brings us right into so that was most of my week of frisbee was yeah our new segment of you threw something new yeah yeah so what did you throw chris so i got a couple this week um New latitude overmold mid-range called the Fuji. Um, a new west side mid-range called the Anvil, and a west side driver called the Warhorse. And I will go through them real quick. Um, start with the Fuji because it's in my hands. Um, I kind of like the overmold stuff. I am a big fan of the Gobi. It's very much a point and shoot, and this feels even better. Um, now, what is the so overmold, it's just they mix plastic types. Is that the idea? Because I, I only have one overmold. Well, I have two. Mm-hmm. My Tesla that's super light that I never throw. Um, and then my Zion, which I really like a lot. So, But what is the, the, the concept behind an overmold? It could be a couple things. I think the, the idea is that if you distribute mass farther out from the center, okay. you get more gyroscopic inertia, you get better flight, longer flight, et cetera. Um, the other thing is you can do two plastics. You can do a more durable on impact and a weaker flight plate or something. Oh, okay. But I don't know. It's just yeah, I don't know. trendy and it's cool and I like it so far. There so, you go. Um, but yeah, so the Fuji reminds me a lot of a Verdict, of which I am a huge fan. Um, it even feels quite similar. A um, little bit flatter, but comes out of the hand just like a Verdict. It's almost as stable just as glidey. Is the verdict a mid-range? Yes. Okay. It's a uh, overstable. I think it's probably like 5403 range. That's a dynamic disc if you're yeah. listening. And I'd put this pretty much the same. I've been hearing a lot of people say that it's straighter, more like a pine or something in there. Okay. But I threw it hard into a headwind on a turnover and it still finished left. Wow. So at least up at here, Utah's at like 4,500 feet or so. So at elevation, it'll... Yeah, at least up here, it's amazing. Um, if I didn't have a verdict, this would already be in my bag. 
Uh, it's kind of hard to compare the two. I don't know which one will win, but I love it. I feel like a verdict or what's it, uh, like a rock three range maybe. Okay. Check it out. Uh, big fan. Well, there you go. Um, Anvil. West side Anvil. Um, it's an overstable mid-range. It's still dirty. Um, That's a good sign, though. That means it got Yeah, it, it got thrown a lot. Um, I was told this will be kind of like a beadless justice, which if you don't know what a justice is, it's like the most overstable mid-range I can think of, which is very good to have. You need utility stuff. Um, no bead. Feels good in the hand. Um, not quite as overstable as a justice. Maybe like an anchor plus. Okay. If you've thrown an anchor, it's a, an overstable mid-range as well. Um, but it's it's super trusty. It's super wants to fight out no matter what you do with it. Um, maybe like a seasoned justice. Like it's beat up. It goes straight for a while. It probably goes 30 feet farther, 40 feet farther than a justice, but still finishes like 60 degrees. Oh, wow. Like pretty hard, pretty strong. So if you're... Like overstable mid-range, don't like a bead. Justice has a gigantic bead, which I didn't think I liked, but turns out I do. Beads just, are just a preferential thing, right? Justice feels really good in my hand. The beads on disc, it's just mostly it's, it's how it feels, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they might add a little bit of stability. Makes sense. But it's mostly just how it feels. Um, I haven't decided if I like beadless yeah. or not. I don't know. Well, I like beaded for throwing, and I like beadless for putting. I don't know why. It's just what feels good. Um, so, yeah, super trusty, pretty overstable. Um, I don't know if I would trust it in, like, a Kansas wind. Okay. But anything in Utah, any normal wind, any conditions that are fun to play in, super trusty, super good. Right. That feels really good to me. I picked it up and immediately said it feels great to me. It's, like, a little bit of a – I don't know. I just like Trilogy mid-range discs. They're, the lip on them is – always feels pretty good to me so i can't i kind of want to hold it up next to my emac and see but i think it's a little less of a bevel i don't know but it's I, definitely more overstable yeah okay i will tell you that there we go and then last is this monster called the war horse it's a high-speed driver um, also by west side and it is i'm gonna go i'm gonna say very tempe um, Eagle and I decided that very beefy can't be a thing anymore because we don't eat beef. Oh. So it's very tempeh. What is tempeh? It's a vegan protein. Oh, okay. The fermented soybeans. There we go. Okay. Um, it's very overstable. Um, if you've ever played with me, I throw Sparkle Defenders a lot because it's the most overstable trilogy disc I have found, and I like that. And this is almost the same. Um, very similar flight, just very overstable. Not to the point of not being usable. Like if I come over on it pretty hard, I could still get a good flight out of it before it dumps left on me. But definitely not for the faint of heart. Um, it pretty much lived up to the hype I heard on how stable it is. It's got a cool like mini oil stamp on it. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a red stamp. Yeah. I didn't notice until right now. But high speed, very overstable, super like workhorse, warhorse. It fits. Yeah. Now, th compare this to the Ballista Pro, because this is for way more, way more stable. Yeah. Okay. Ballista Pros for me will pop up and go right and go really far. This I have to try really hard to get it to go right, and it does not go as far. How far are you throwing this, or where are you throwing max distance with this? Um, 
I could probably get it four fifty. Okay. And your ballista pro you're throwing five plus. Five right? twenty five, five fifty. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's very overstable. Um the Lucid X enforcers that are coming out sometime with this Lucid X team release. What is Lucid X? It's I've heard about Lucid X. A new X. plastic blend. Okay. And something about the way it sets in the mold, it comes out more overstable. Okay. So the Lucid X enforcer I got to throw a while ago. Somebody had a proto. And that's the only disc more overstable than the Warhorse and the Sparkle Defender that I've found. Oh, wow. So the Sparkle and the Warhorse are very close for me. And then the Lucid X is one step up still. So making your bag. Are any of these making your bag? Um, they're all close. Um, the Warhorse might just because those Sparkle Defenders are kind of hard to find. And the Warhorse, when it goes into production, will not be. Yeah. Um, so that's a strong maybe. The Fuji and Verdict are going to have to duke it out. Verdict's been my favorite or second favorite disc since I've been playing. That's saying a lot, though, if it's challenging your favorite it's, disc. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. One of your favorite discs. And then the Anvil, not for me, just because the Justice feels so good to me. So you already have something that does enough yeah. of what this does. Well, and, and I love I love what it does. But you already have it that you like. I just prefer the with. feel yeah. of my Justice. Fair enough. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, so you like them all, just not sure if they're going to yeah fit yeah. the bill and i will say i will say the war horse is not for the faint of heart i already said it but yeah if you're not throwing 400 plus you probably don't need one well you'll find out yeah. next week i'm excited to see because chris just handed them to me and i'm gonna go throw something new and then you'll hear back from that so i, I didn't even know you were getting new discs this is exciting yeah i didn't know I these were even coming you. out I, I like it it was a good surprise <laughs> i handed you back your maverick Yes. Um, I went Did you play, figure it out? No. <laughs> so I went and played this week. It was windy. Very, very oh, windy this week. It. We had a bunch of storms coming through. And uh, I didn't want to lose Chris's prototype. So I, um, on hole two, hole three, new hole three now at Creekside. Okay. Um, so it's a, uh, I don't even know if you call it a dog leg, but that you tee off and the basket is what? To, it was 280 short? feet and then to the right. No, it wasn't. It was like kind of mid out there. Okay. Kind of up on the hill? Yeah, okay. Um, like on the anthill, whatever they call that. So was that? how far is that? The anthill, like the big hill in the back? Not the big hill. The Down one. on the ground in front of it? N- no, is there another hill? Maybe it's so on the hill. So the, there's like the ditch and then the flat part and then the hill in the back. Flat part. Okay, that's probably, yeah, 280, 300. Okay. Somewhere in there. Yeah, and so it, you go, it goes out and then it just is straight right. Mm-hmm. And there's trees along the right that you yeah. can't, you have to throw around. To get to, I thought, oh, I need a disc that goes right. I have a Maverick in my bag. Yeah. Uh, except for <laughs> I threw it on a hyzer thinking like, cause I've tried this on a hyzer before uh-huh. and it, it just always right. fought right. Didn't this time What went left tailwind must've been. Yeah. I yeah. hope so. Yeah. It must've been a tailwind and it just finished left to me and dumped left. And I thought, well, that's not quite what I thought. So I threw, <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to go get it and you know, cause I don't have another one in my bag. So I think I threw, I took a mulligan and threw my, like, whenever I'm throwing a disc that I'm not familiar with. That's a free mulligan for me. Yeah. Uh, oh, always. Not uh, in a tournament. T- test flight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I threw, I think, I don't know, a DDX or something, and it got me. Didn't didn't go right, but it got straight to where mm-hmm. I wanted it to go. So, um, But it was just more windy than I was willing to throw that in because I'm not – I don't trust myself in the wind enough to not go hunt that disc down. Fair. Yeah. Fair. And it's it's kind of floaty. Yeah. So if it got up in the wind funny, it could be like, you know, next neighborhood over. Well, yeah. And this, this course, it's like, it could end up in a very busy street. It could end mm-hmm. up in a Creek. It could end up, you know, a lot of places that I didn't really want to go to, <laughs> you know, try to fight for it. So, um, 
I haven't figured out a Maverick yet. Maybe someday I will. But when the Captain and the Getaway, when I see those, I think I will pick those up because mm-hmm. I like those a lot. Um, and since since we did my in the bag, that gave me a chance to kind of go through my bag, and I'm I'm think I've dropped like four discs. I was going to ask so. if you took out the four that you said, I don't know why I have this. I think I at least took those ones out. Um, <laughs> I started carrying, I brought a couple more back in cause it's warm enough now that I can throw my slippier plastic. Okay. So, um, I think I'm now carrying like two or three DDXs and two or three shrikes, which I'm finding. I just like those as yeah. drivers for me. That works. Um, and I'm curious if other people without like super fast arm speed are liking those discs. So if, Right in if that's the case yeah, for you. So I'm curious because um, I they're both fast discs. I don't know what the numbers are on either. I think the Shrike's like a 13 or a 12. Um, I think so. And the DDX I don't know, but they're they're not slow speed discs. But I still seem to throw them pretty well. So at least for me, Shrike's a 13. Th- yeah, that's a fast disc. So yeah. I don't think I'm throwing a 13 speed. Um, if I was, I think I'd be throwing farther. Would be my guess. Probably. Yeah. But the understability of it probably makes up for the. Yeah, I think so. So it goes kind of straightish as it slows down. Yeah. And it does. It's, I, I like that disc quite a bit. So, yeah. um, but we're getting into spring and summer. And so I'm, it's more, I play all year long, but it's, it's better weather <laughs> for playing. I definitely play more when it's sunny. Yeah. Like definitely. Well, it's just, well, and also I'm, I'm not, uh, in the winter, I teach skiing super part-time, so my Saturday's free up uh, yeah. once the snow melts. So I'm almost done with that commitment. Um, but uh, Freedom. So I'm excited to throw these. I think just feeling this anvil, I think I'm going to like it. Um, last week or the week before, I don't know, I talked about my uh, Chariot, mm-hmm. which is a Infinite Discs branded disc, but Innova makes them, Innova uh, presses them. And I've been really enjoying that quite a bit. Um, okay. In fact... <laughs> I've been enjoying it because it just goes straight. It just goes dead straight, and it's 180, so it's fairly heavy. Uh, okay. I, I threw that at hole 17 at Roots, which is river right along the right yep. side. Short hole, so a good 16. one. To, 16, yes. Okay. How far is that? Like To the short one? To uh, 30? Yeah, it's not far. Um, so I, I, I don't usually drive with anything like with a mid, but I mm-hmm. was like, I was just liking this disc and it was so windy. That I thought I'm just gonna throw something heavy that goes straight and I threw it and I threw it even a little bit to the left and the wind caught it and just dumped it right in the river. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a, I don't, I don't know that there was a good play there, honestly. Uh, without a sidearm, I don't know. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's tough. And and that much crosswind. I, I can normally was play left to right. Yeah, 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 it was blowing across like that. So that's tricky. Yeah, so it was just just play way left. Yeah, which I thought I did, <laughs> honestly, but it just caught it. And you know when you see it like just kind of lift up and like just tilt, and you're like, oh no, that's that's going. Yep. I, yeah. yeah. I was uh, out playing the other day and had a great drive, and then the wind caught it and just kicked it up like 20 feet, and it's like, well, there's all my distance. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, the elevator. Yeah. I, I love watching that. I think it's an amazing thing to just it's watch. It's so disheartening to wind. know that it stopped moving. I know. And just went up and then down left. Yeah. Now, when you got a nice tailwind and you can see it like actually ride yeah. the currents a little bit and carry it, and you're like, oh, that's good. That's very. But that seems pretty rare to me. Uh, <laughs> so, at least in my experience yeah, it's, so it's, far. It's a little bit harder. Yeah. And we don't normally get strong winds through here, mm-hmm. like at least where I play. It's not super windy. No, so. one of those storms that came through, though, it was like shaking my house windy oh yeah i went i went outside and putted just because i was like it's 45 mile an hour winds right now i'm going putting yeah it's good practice it was a terrible idea but it was a lot of fun well no but you're like 
in a tournament and you're like, okay, I've done this. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I hit a three footer for in 45 mile. An hour I was wins. pretty good from 10 feet. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Everything out there, everything outside 10 was. Yeah. Now people educational. like Kansas and, and yeah, know, normal, Nebraska, day, normal like, days. 45 mile an hour wins. What a wuss. You cute Utahns. Yeah, I know. But for us, that's a significant amount. Of, I'm going to blame it on elevation. I don't know. No. But, uh, we just don't get wind. No, no, not really. I, I guess uh, out in Taylorsville, they say the back nine there is always windy, but I haven't played that course yet. But it's, is it like breezy? Yeah, like breezy. 15. Yeah. Which here is windy. So 45, I rolled my basket outside. I was like, we're doing this. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It just because That's it was a good funny. idea. It was funny. Yeah. I don't think I, I definitely did not do that, but was I was m- playing in some strong wind. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it's, well, I'm going to. So I, I was going to talk about this next week, but I just we're in on it. Um, so playing now, springtime, mm-hmm. super varied conditions. So uh, it's swampy in the low spots. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know kind of dry up in the high spots. There's winds. This is me asking a question to Brown Disc Golf. How do you change up your game for the varied conditions like that, or do you? Um, just What's your advice? Mostly to ground just, condition. No, no, just like, uh, like just. Some wind, some not wind. Some, some wind, some not wind. Grip. Trying to keep your disc like, you know, when you play a spot and it's normally dry, but you're gonna have bad footing because it's a it's a marsh now. So oh, you, know, you want to avoid that area. And um, probably a combination of preparedness, like waterproof shoes and having towels and being aware of footing, with more strategic shot selection. So if my normal play is down into a marsh now, even if the basket, it's like even if that's convenient for the basket location. I'll probably try to play around it just, just to get the good footing on your just next to shot. get good footing, especially in practice rounds. If it's competitive, I might just slosh through the water and deal yeah. with it. But practice rounds, I'll play like see if I can work the disc control, work the ground play to stay dry, to do new shots, that kind of thing. Um, but then again, like I said, towels, waterproof shoes, all the stuff that you will need because you will find the water, you will find the puddles. Yeah. We all do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the on-off wind stuff, just pack the bag. I mean, it's good practice to know what stuff will do in every wind. So try your normal shot. If it doesn't work, throw something else. Go up a disc or down a disc. Or Now, should we be throwing heavier discs in the wind, lighter discs? Um, the general rule of thumb is for headwind, you can throw a more overstable disc on a very similar shot to your normal choice without wind. And in a tailwind, you can throw a more understable disc on the same shot as your normal choice. Um, the alternative is you can go heavier for headwind and lighter for tailwind, but that has the same effect of lighter discs get up to higher speed. They become more understable, uh, heavier, harder to speed up, stay more overstable. Okay. So it's the same effect. You can do weight or stability. Um, and that's the same thing with throwing up and downhill. If I'm throwing uphill, I'm thinking solitude here. We have a ski resort with a mountain course, um, like hole five. Have you played solitude? No, okay. we're after the summer. Hole five is like 300 feet, but it's like a 20 degree angle straight uphill. More than 20. I don't so know. So you're throwing uphill. It's straight up a hill. Okay. And it's pretty much a full throw for me to get up there. Oh yeah. At 310 feet. When you're not, when you can throw five yeah. plus. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's probably a 450, 500 foot shot to get so up there. So for me, to it's a, probably a three, three shot to get up there. It might be. Yeah. Um, and when I'm throwing uphill, I throw a couple discs more understable and they'll still go straight and hyzer finish because when you throw that nose up, it slows down so fast that it can't be understable. And then downhill is the opposite. You can throw way more overstable because it goes so fast 
as it flies downhill because mm-hmm. there's no, you know, um, that it'll actually be a little bit more understable than you think and you can get a bunch of carry that way. So uphill, downhill, and headwind, tailwind kind of have a really big um, crossover to me. And you can do it with weight or stability. That makes sense. Um, to you, how important is weight when you're choosing a disc? I am not as picky as pretty much everyone I know. Yeah, I'm not picky at all. Like, I just grab one I know, that I... I know so many people that I only throw 170 to 172. Or I only throw 164 to 165. Or only 175, muscle men. Well, I've heard people say like I only throw max weight. Yeah, 175 and 180. Yeah. Um, and that was my attitude for a long time. And then as I started buying more and more Frisbees, um, I realized that a 173 and a 175 do pretty much the same thing. So as long as it's 171 or 172 and higher, I will use it. Okay. Um, I even every once in a while carry some lightweight stuff for uphills or fun stuff or big wind carries. Um, maybe like 160, 165, but that's like an occasion thing. Yeah. Um, but if it's heavy ish, I'm cool with it. Like you still have to learn how it flies. You can't just say, Oh, it's a 175. It's going to do this because that's not true. Yeah. So if they feel close enough, which I can't tell the difference between a 172 and a 175. I certainly can't now. So they feel the same in the hand. I learn how each one flies. I'm cool with it. Yeah. To me, it's not exactly the same at all, but it's, uh, like the cycling world. People worry about ounces like, Oh, this bike, you know, two ounces lighter than that bike. And Mm -hmm. it's only, you know, $2,700 more. I might as well. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) I've had friends that would kind of like, Oh no, I've got to get these wheels because they're lighter. And I would say like, well, you could, you know, probably lose about 10 pounds off your midsection. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Save yourself a lot of money. I mean, there are dudes that are like, I'm lean. Like there's nothing to lose there. And if you're that competitive, then by all means, shed the weight on your bike. If you're competitive, like if you're really a competitive cyclist, Mm -hmm. it makes a difference. If you're just out wreck riding, like it, it, it's just an excuse to buy the nice bike. Yeah. Yeah. Like it really doesn't make that much of a difference. And for me, when I was riding and it's like, well, I'm carrying a whole lot more weight on my gut than I am in my frame. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. just going to get what I can afford. That's smart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with discs for me, it's, it's not a huge deal. Like you still have to know it. Yeah. And if I have a headwind, I'm not going to go a heavier weight because most of my stuff is heavy anyway. So I'll just go up in stability instead There you go. because that's always going to work. There you go. So the reason you don't throw lighter stuff is it just gets too flippy on you or I have a uh, weird time, weird time, hard time. I have a hard time with timing the release consistently with lightweight stuff. I try to throw harder, not intentionally. It's just, it's lighter. It speeds up faster and it'll come out at different times. Often uh, grip locking. That makes sense. So that makes sense. I throw them like it's fun to go to a field and throw lightweight and see what happens. Yeah. I've thrown some 160 stuff very far. I've got a 168 that I ordered just as a, when I ordered all those Karina Knoll strikes, um, I needed it. I, I hate paying shipping. So yeah. I was going to get to the 75 bucks or whatever it was. You know, I do too. Yeah. So um, that's why I ordered Chris's disc for him. Yeah. I was like, I'm buying enough if somebody wants one. Um, but I kept two of them because they're great discs. Yeah. Um, but then I also got like a factory second strike. I was like, I just need like $10 or $7 to get it over. So let me just go get a disc that I like yep. in factory second. I think it's, I, I didn't even, I don't think I picked the weight. I think it was just like whatever, throw in whatever, yeah, you know, mystery strike. And it was the soup. It's like grimace's disc. Oh, you know, it's, it's grimace colored. You've okay. seen it. I think yeah, 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 it's a star strike and it's like 168. And nice. I, I really like it. I didn't know that I would, I thought like, well, it's a little bit light for me cause I'm not, 
I don't know. I'm a big guy, so I, I played like <laughs> left tackle in high school. So I've, I just thought like, oh, I need you know heavier stuff. But I I like that disc quite a bit. I've got some that are too light. You know, I've I picked up some that are just I don't know what to do with them. But so I'm I'm kind of with you. Like it's if it feels good and if it flies well, I'm gonna throw it. Yeah. So I think that's true for most people. I'm sure there's a certain skill level where you do notice 175 to 173. I don't I don't I don't think there is. I'm sorry, that's that's two grams. And from what I've seen, like, like the making of disc videos, they measure them before they even that's trim like them. One and a half percent. Yeah. But like they will measure the disc, that's, then yeah, they'll trim the excess within, plastic. That's within off. Stamping error. Yeah. And it's like So unless you scale away everything and then only throw yeah, the I think there's weight. a couple of sites that do that, like before they sell them, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, that's that's another better. thing that seems a yeah. little bit neurotic to me, but that's part of why I say if it's one seventy two or higher, I'm cool with it, because they're probably the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's like I'm. My guess is that the foil on a larger stamp is going to make some of that difference, likely, you know. And and as you throw it into a tree, you're going to lose some some weight yeah. just by chunking off. So definitely, I don't know. Um, I if you really can tell the difference in those two grams, please write in and convince me because I don't think that you can. I, I think you might if it's a if you can, it's a placebo effect. That's yeah. It could That's be. That's my thought. It could so be. I don't mean to set the world on fire. You know, I don't, and I'm not trying to be super controversial here, just moderately controversial. But um, now, 160 to 170, yeah, you can you can tell that. And uh, d- Japanese, like apparently, like they're all <laughs> super lightweight. Yeah, uh, I, I don't get that. Uh, so there's, I would, I I could be wrong, but I'm going to say it's a law that in Japan. You can't throw, have any throwing object or flying object that weighs more than 160 grams. Oh, so it's, it's like considered a weapon. A weapon. Oh, okay. That, yeah. So years back when, I the, guess that makes when sense. the Japan Open happened every year, everybody had to throw everything 159 and lighter. I and they super hard. And they scale weighed them and then they stamped them approved. Wow. Yeah. I, I wanted, that was my dream tournament to play. That'd be awesome. When but I got not have this. it anymore. I haven't seen it in years. Okay. So I'm guessing it died. Huh. That's too bad. But that's. It would be so fun. That would be weird. It would be awesome to go to Japan. But yeah. That's, yeah. that makes sense if that's the case. That it was just some kind of ar- archaic. I, I'm, I'm going to say archaic now. Law. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's my understanding of it. Huh. Super cool though. How heavy is a throwing star? Like a ninja star? Probably 160 grams. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Heavier than a disc. Probably. For sure. Yeah. But not by a lot. No, probably. I don't know. I guess it depends on the size. Yeah. I don't know. A little bit heavier than these. Let's go to the swap meet and buy some and weigh them. Um, all right. We got an email, Chris. We did. And uh, I've got it up. If you okay. Want. Go ahead and read it. Okay. Hey, guys. Who's it from? It's from Colleen Thompson. Um, hey, guys. So there may not be an exact answer to this question, but I feel that I need some outside perspective to approach this differently. If you have a bad hole, say two OB strokes or three or four putting a hole, how do you mentally recover? Or in general, how do you shake the negative thoughts when you're walking up to a putt? Is there something you personally do to stay mentally focused or mentally positive? Looking for perspective from both the pro and the am mind. Really appreciate the advice. Thanks, you guys, for doing what you do. Thank you again, the other CT, because I'm CT. It took me a sec to realize that. She's definitely the other. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) So, uh, what you got? Well, my first thought, of, you know, shaking it off and getting on there is probably just uh, 
get some serotonin reuptake inhibitors and keep those in your bag. So like your Prozac, your Zoloft. <laughs> no. Um, um, and that's it. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> become friends with a pharmacist. Um, no. Okay. Uh, so the two OBs and the four putts, like I can absolutely empathize with that. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to run my putts now. So whereas before I would always just lay up and take par, I'm, I'm trying to run putts and it's, it's causing me to four putt a Mm -hmm. lot or three putt or, Mm -hmm. you know, at least two putt. Um, I'm just not accurate enough when I'm running putts and I, I can be pretty accurate in my backyard when I'm throwing at my basket, but I don't have that big of a yard. And, uh, so I don't have that many, you know, angles to throw it at. And so, you know, making 90% of my putts is a, is, a, is fine because it's in my backyard. It's a controlled thing. There's no trees in the way. I don't feel any pressure of anybody watching me or mm-hmm. trying to get off. Um, you know, get out, get out of the hole out and, and, and clear the hole. Um, so this is a, this is a hard one. Like that's a, so from the amateur perspective, um, at my level, what I'm, what's going through my head and I'm, so there get a little bit of organizational behavior theory out here. There's, uh, there's two types of people, you know, whenever somebody says that it's never true, but there's, there's a, there's a theory and it's proven out to be pretty, pretty reliable that there's, uh, low self monitors and high self monitors, low self monitors. Before we recorded, we were talking about somebody who's a very low self monitor does not realize their impact on other people around them. Uh, if you know somebody that's very, um, Kramer from Seinfeld, just to use like a, <laughs> yep. you know, very low self monitor. Doesn't realize that he's just impacting the world around stuff. him. Just does what he does. Now that's a, that's a hyperbolic answer, but, um, you know, if you're, if you're just kind of a, a brash person or a blunt person, um, you're probably more of a low self monitor, high self monitors, I'm a super high self monitor. So it's like, okay, how is everyone else perceiving what's happening to me right now? And when I'm putting in a group or playing in a group, that's in my head all the time. If I'm in any group, that's always in my head is how is everyone else perceiving me? And I want to make sure that I have as low of impact on them. Mm. Or if I'm having a positive impact, that's it. I only want to have a positive impact on them or neutral at best. I don't want to do anything to negatively impact anybody around me. And so when I'm in a card and I throw two OB, I feel like I'm slowing down the game. I'm slowing down this card. Like everybody else is having to wait for me. So for me, I'm trying to turn that off. Uh, just, you know, part of being an adult and in life is, is kind of turning that off. So if you, fa- if you fall into that category, you feel like you're bothering everyone else around you, get over it because I'm trying to. And I realize even if I am slowing everybody else down, I'm in this tournament, they're in this tournament. That's the way it is. And so I've got a hole out before we go. I can't just pick up my disc and say, just give me 10 strokes and I'm done. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't want to, what do they call it? Nine, 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 just not yeah. finish. DNF. I don't, I don't want to fall DNF. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, watch a lot of Daniel tiger at my house. I've got three young kids. You're familiar with Daniel tiger. No. So, uh, Daniel tiger is a spinoff of Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Oh, it's okay. great. Okay. And unironically, it's maybe my favorite show on television. Like it's nice. it's so good at what it does. Like it just tells toddlers how to handle social situations. 
And there's this little Daniel Tiger song that's like, when you feel so mad, like you want to roar, take a deep breath and count to four. And I'll do that. That's very helpful. So I will, I will, it is very helpful. Yeah. So I'll just take a deep breath. I'll try to settle down. And it takes me a minute to bounce back from that because I am such a high self monitor. Like I, I feel judged. I feel, I know this is all in my head, but I feel like the people on my card are judging me. The people who saw me putt from across the field are, are judging me. Even if I just saw them throw six OB, like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I'm the worst player out there. That's just how I feel when I'm playing the sport. Like I'm, I'm the other day I was playing by myself and I saw somebody drive and I was like, Oh, I'm better than that. That was a weird feeling for me to have <laughs> that I'm, I, I could drive better than that guy. Uh, I'm, my guess is he just shanked that one shot and played yeah. fine the rest of the round. But, I, but that's like where I am and in, in my okay. head. So I deal with this all the time is having bad shots. So um, I try to take a breath. And then really what I try to do is just remember this is fun and this is it. I, um, from somebody who's not competitive in the sport. I'm not trying to, you know, increase my ranking. I'm not trying to get a sponsorship. I'm, I'm just trying to, to go out there and have fun. Just reminding myself, this is fun. And if I'm really, really having a bad time and it's just a practice round, I'll pack it in. Like, and, mm-hmm. I'll, and I'll just be like, you know what? I've played the holes that I've played and either I'll go deal some field work if I've got extra, I've got, still got some time left or I'll just, you know, go home and just do something else for the day and just take, the rest of the day off from it and come back at it tomorrow or the next day and, and, and get back on it. That doesn't work in a tournament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so guys, I'm not feeling it. I got to go. I know. Well you can, but, but then you DNF. DNF. Yeah. Which isn't what I want to do. I mean, there's times when that's necessary, like an emergency mm-hmm. or something happens and, you know, certainly do that. Like Paige did that last year at the Utah open. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no shame in that if that's what you know you need to do. But personally, I don't think, I'm th- I'm playing poorly, so I'm gonna qu- take my ball and go home. Is a good is a good enough answer, you know, uh, for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, in a, in a tournament setting, yeah, you know. So, um, just sing that little song. If you feel so mad, like you want to roar, take a deep breath and count to four. One, two, three, four, and it is surprisingly helpful. So that that sounds to me more like a post hole. You're frustrated, you vent, you reset. What about approaching a shot to feel confident in it? Mm. It's like you step up to a putt and you're like kind of nervous from not putting well the rest of the round. You're just not on or it's windy or you're spooked by something. What do you do? That's a really good question. When I find out, I'll tell you, no. Um, <laughs> no, I'm still working on that, certainly. Yeah. I, I think, well, my guess is, you know, Paul and Eagle and Ricky are all still working on that too. Mm-hmm. Um for me, what helps me, cause I, I don't like putting in front of people. Like, I don't know why my, my game just gets worse. So I just try to zone everybody else out yeah. and it doesn't mean I'm, I have to have everybody like move, no. move behind me. No, that's not, that's not the way you play the game. Um, but I will just pick a link or pick a post on something, just pick something to focus on, on the basket mm-hmm. and just throw it there mm-hmm. and, th- and just, just do it. And I don't have enough putting practice under my belt to know that mechanically I know this is going to go in mm-hmm. because I've done this a hundred times and I know, or, you know, 10,000 times and I know it's going to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, but that helps me just to focus on that one link, focus on the, the fluorescent stripe or whatever that is, the flag in the basket, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and just try to throw my disc at that. 
And if I don't make the putt and I don't get a bad roll, at least I've got a decent upshot. Okay. I dig. So that's me. Okay. My turn? Yeah, please. Let's see. Um, so if I have a bad hole, lots of out of bounds or lots of putts, um, I just remind myself why I play and it's because I enjoy it and it's fun. So I, I get, you, you know, this, um, I'm very hard on myself. I hold myself to standards that are not reasonable with this game. So if I have a bad hole, I'll usually do something silly, like just roll back and lay down on the grass or do grass angels or do, I do a lot of handstands actually. I'm not super good at them, but the like blood rush to my head and it's kind of just fun to be silly and do a handstand resets me pretty well. There's, there's research that shows just that like shifting of your perspective can help to kind of reset things too mentally. Oh, so it's a real thing. Yeah. Well, it is a real thing. I used to do cartwheels, but somebody said I suck at them. So I do handstands now. (laughs) Apparently they don't look as good as they feel. So no cartwheels for me, but on the same point, like, why not? You should still do cartwheels then. I because sometimes your putting sucks and you still have to do that. So yeah. do a cartwheel again. Yeah, and it's for me. It's something fun. Yeah. So it's you're just, you're on the high self monitor side too. Then it sounds like if if somebody says that to you and and yeah, probably yeah, probably. I don't. I'll never stop doing handstands though. Yeah. Well, there you go. I can't <laughs> do those. I don't. I don't. I don't have the upper body strength or balance to pull off a handstand. I don't hold them very long. Yeah. But just enough to remember why I'm having fun. Yeah. Like. Especially when I'm traveling. If I'm playing poorly on vacation and I get mad at myself, I get mad at myself for getting mad at myself and I go back to silly and fun. Yeah. Because I play better when I play fun. That's just me. No, that's good. I I need to remember to do that because I I get too Mm self-conscious to to, to be that silly. But it absolutely can just reset you mentally and emotionally and just kind of help you to kind of. Like literally just changing your perspective mm-hmm. can help you see things differently and reset everything. So mm-hmm. this, is, this is a great question though. There's so much to really talk good about question. And I think it's going to be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think we all have a different headspace in which we play our best. For me, it's fun and silly. Like if I'm being casual, I'm pretty good. As soon as I start trying to be, you know, the 1030, 1050 guys where I'm like picturing exactly where this disc is going to go and when it's going to bump and where it's going to skip, I don't execute as well. If I'm having fun, I'm like, I'm going to throw this. I'm really good at it. So for me, staying fun, staying silly helps me stay in my successful mindset. So I think finding whatever works for the individual is what you need to work on. Um, so when I can't do handstands, sometimes I just, like, the ground isn't nice or something. Yeah. I've gotten so many stickers in my hands. I'm sure. Like, I look down, I'm like, yeah, it's good enough. And I go down and I come up with, like, five things in my hand. Oh, because we're always playing on such well-manicured lawns. Yeah. Yeah. So I've made that mistake before. And when it's like that... I will take the next shot to do something weird. Yeah. Like now, was, when you say do something weird, does that mean you're just going to give away the hole? No. No, but instead of, you know, a straight putter or mid-range shot, I'll throw like a big spike hyzer or something yeah. where I can – sometimes it's to vent. Like sure. if I'm super frustrated and I can't snap back into my fun mode, I'll just throw a disc really hard. And if just that means throwing out. straight up on a short hole – I'll do it. Yeah. So it puts you in a similar position that you would, your normal shot would, mm-hmm. but it just, yeah. And it, it probably won't bit. be as good, but it'll f- help me enough with letting that go that I can kind of settle back into my comfortable zone. Mm-hmm. Um, that I can like do that mental reset again, which is all I, I mean, that's all I have. Like yeah. that's, <laughs> and I think, I mean, this whole question I think is the difference. Like as skills go up, people get better and better at this. 
Oh, that's the difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Like we all throw a lot of the same shots. But well, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing you take the top 50 MPO players out there and they're, I don't know, maybe 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and skill-wise, pretty similar. Pretty similar. Mm-hmm. But it's overcoming. It's it's exactly this. It's the mental game. Mm-hmm. It's you when know, you get I, a spit-out roll away. Do you get frustrated and miss again? Yeah, or can you come back? Or do you, oh, I'm putting from there now. I'm going to make that one. Yeah. And you reset and you just hit it. Because I've seen both. I've done both. Um, putting is not my favorite thing. I'm trying really hard to like it more. But when I get bad break and bad roll, which I guess I putt in a way that encourages that. So I'm, I know I do. <laughs> I'm becoming more used to it, and it's phasing me less and less. But at first, when I would you know throw a good putt and have it come out and roll to however far away, I would get so pissed off. I was like, I threw a good putt, and now I'm farther away. Yeah. And then I wouldn't even pay attention and I'd front rim or miss that one as well. And that's because I didn't do this, you know, take your 10 seconds and realize that you're here. Um, So I think the super successful players, men and women, um, can step up to a shot. Nothing that has happened up to this point matters because it does not. Yeah. I don't care if you're putting for two or for 12. Like if you miss that, it's a stroke. So you have to be able to settle and focus and i think a good way to do that i don't know if this originated with eric oakley but i think it's his mantra it's um breathe believe battle so if you have something simple like that or like in your putting routine if you want to focus on putting something that centers you and really sets you in on the moment and what you're doing so i I saw a video years back it might have been dana I don't remember. I feel bad now. But I remember his putting mantra because it was simple. It was uh, down on two and follow through. So he'd go one, two, draw back, and then follow through. So down on two and follow through. Hmm. So anything simple that you can use to kind of reset your mind to get in the same place is, I think, the trick. So we're from Utah, Utah Jazz. Do you remember Jeff Hornacek? Oh, yeah. As you're saying this? He had a mantra when he was shooting free throws, and he was one of the best shooters in the league ever. And, yeah, he would, like, pat his face and say something. He'd wipe his face three times. Yeah, I don't know that anybody knows what he would mouth. I don't know that he ever said what it was. I think he was talking to his kids. I, that's kind of the was, theory that, that I heard. That was the three. Yeah. Like, and so he'd do three wipes on his face, and he had an incredible percentage. I don't know. What, I don't remember what his percentage was. but Like he was 94 an, and a half. Yeah, he was an amazing shooter. Yeah. And it would, that would just kind of help him focus and reset and – um, I, I need to get something like that. Cause yeah, that just makes all the sense in the world. Just something that you can kind of come back to mm-hmm. and focus on. And this is, this is it. Like it's as simple as this and, mm-hmm. and, and do that and just focus on this. Um, what you're saying about stepping up and just forgetting everything in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing up my MBA a lot today, but, um, <laughs> and economics and accounting, there's a principle called sunk cost principle. Okay. Are you familiar with that? No. So when you're planning, People have a tendency to, so uh, let's say you're, you, Dynamic Discs is bringing a new product to market and they put a bunch of money into a disc that uh, has a propeller in the top. Nice. And, and you know, they've done their, their R&D and they believe this is going to be a big thing and they sink, you know, a bunch of money into it. It's, it's the most expensive product launch they've ever had. And uh, 
it just doesn't do well. Mm -hmm. Like it's just as losing money for them every quarter. And the projections show that it's going to continue to lose money. Well, or or it's just, you know, so in the next, the next quarter when they're deciding their product, emotionally, they want to say, Hey, we spent so much money on this propeller disc. We can't lose that money. We've got to double down on getting this thing out there. Mm -hmm. But what the sunk cost principle says is you cannot think about what's happened in the past. That is sunk cost. That's money that's Uh already been spent. Mm Mm-hmm. So that money's gone. You can never get it back. Mm -hmm. That time is gone. You can never get it back. What's the best choice to do here? And that helps you to realize like, oh, this propeller disc was a mistake and we just need to cut it Mm -hmm. and move on and and then, you know, chase whatever else is out there. And so, yeah, if if you can kind of adjust that to your game, I'm terrible at that. I wish I could do that in life, period. This is a mean thing to say. I know this is mean coming out. The other day I was thinking, I wish I was dumb. <laughs> I'm not a genius by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm not dumb. And I kind of wish I just wasn't in my head all the time. Yeah. And I could just go through life and just go through life. You know, not not worrying about the things that are constantly eating away mm-hmm. at, 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 at my Western cultured middle class brain that is just constantly mm-hmm. telling me how terrible I am. Uh it would be really nice just to turn that off. Yeah, so. uh, if I could turn off like self-awareness for disc golf, yeah. I'd be immensely better. Oh, it'd be so good. Yeah. There's a there's a very good ball golfer, I'm not going to name, but when I watch him play, I think he has to be not intelligent. Yeah. Just he's 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 incredible, but when he plays, he'll totally screw up and he gets up there and it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's another great shot like He's never phased. There's never emotion. He's just good. And I watch him. I'm like, how so can like a, I? Are you a savant? How can I turn this off up here and just do? Yeah. Because if you can just do, you've got it. Yeah. That's yeah. most of this game is mental. Oh, absolutely. People say that, but absolutely. Like, I I am not great at this game. Mm-hmm. But if I could get over the mental side, I I'm throwing far enough that locally here. If I could, if I could get my short game together and like, and that's where the mental side of it, if I could just be consistent and just know that I'm going to do what I'm going to do when I'm playing well, I could, I could be one of the better players in in this area. Mm -hmm. I'm confident even throwing as far as I throw because most of the courses around here, if I could, if I could consistently sink like 40 foot putts, I could, I could birdie most of these holes, but I get so in my head. And I'm just not as consistent and I worry like, wait a minute, well, I'm going to hit that tree and I'm going to do this and I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm not going to do that. So I'm definitely at the lower, lower, lower end of the spectrum and my rating will, 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 will <laughs> pay that. I need to play more sanctioned rounds yeah. and get that up. Yeah. But, um, cause as, as Chris said before, it can only go up. Yes. Um, not going to repeat it right now, but if you guys find it, you can, you know, see how bad that is and how ironic it is. I'm telling people how to play disc golf. So, um, but very much the amateur. The I show. will say, I mean, for you and as I'll do this as my weekly pro tip, work on putting right now. The sooner you start practicing putting. Yeah. And with that comes a big part to answer the other half of this question to stay mentally focused and mentally positive is you have to be confident. And the more you practice something, the more confidence you'll grow. And that's how you succeed. Yeah. I mean, any shot, any putt, if you're confident, it's going to go pretty well. And I know that, like I can, you know, I've talked about before, I'm a good skier Mm -hmm. and I'm confident in my skiing. 
I yeah. know that I know what to do when I get on the top of a mountain. And you don't have problems. I don't have problems. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I can get out of a situation. I know how to, how to handle any terrain that I come across. Uh, but I just don't have that confidence. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm, and as you're saying this, I'm thinking back to, I think it was last week when we were talking about field work mm-hmm. and we got that email where it was like, I hate field work. I like field work. So I'll go and throw all my discs and see how far I can throw them. But I do not go to the putting green and putt. Like I'll putt in my backyard. As I said before, it's not a very big backyard and it's fenced in. So I can't add a whole lot of variety to that. I need to go to the, when I go to the course, I just need to go and spend time putting and just bring my stack of putters. Mm-hmm. Make just make putt. it enjoyable. Yeah, make somehow. putts or just do it. Mm-hmm. Like just just figure it out how to do it because mm-hmm. it's uh, it's lacking. And so I might be unique in this, but my take on putting, especially, is I think it's better to have a mental mantra than a physical one, where you try to recreate muscle movement. Hmm. Because from experience, I mean, even when I try to like recreate muscle memory in my feet, one's, you know, four inches higher than the other. Oh yeah. That doesn't work. It's all out the window. Yeah. And so now I'm guessing. So now when I practice putting, it's my only thought is put it, throw it in. That's your mantra. Yep. Throw it in. It's simple and it usually works. Yeah. Um, and then my feet change. If it's straddle, if it's kneeling, if it's staggered, if it's like feet next to each other, it doesn't matter. It's throw it in. And I, when I practice, I don't do the same putt more than 10 in a row. So I'm always changing. I'm putting, I have a spin putt. I have a push putt. I have in between. I've got a mediocre turbo. Like I've got, I've got choices. I think we all have a mediocre turbo. I know a couple people who are quite good at it. Oh, but I'm saying at least we have a mediocre turbo. That's not true. Really? I, I, I bet a lot of people don't at all. It's wow. not a natural. No, thing. it's not. But I've I've done it enough that I can. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you practiced it, you have a mediocre turbo, and okay. maybe your definition of mediocre is different than mine. <laughs> it's probably pretty close. Yeah, I've thrown maybe twenty in my life. Yeah, um, but it is a shot that's like, oh no, there's this a is fence a, in this my way. Is a turbo. I'm a turbo. Yeah, I'm like I've got a big bush here, and, and it's I, at least I have a chance. Yeah, instead like it's of gonna, it's gonna at least end up closer to the basket yeah. than anything else. So. Yeah, um, but for me, it's that mental. Be confident. Um, and like I was kind of saying, let it be simple. You don't have to have a 12-step putting routine. Just be confident. No, I like that. And For execute. Me, I think that's going to be helpful, just getting a mental mantra. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, again, with skiing, like it's not – the muscle memory is important, but the terrain varies. And it's – so just little things like, oh, I can just feel where my body is and tell myself mm-hmm. to do something different regardless of yeah. where I am. So – yeah, that'll help. I need to get a mantra. Right in. Give me a mantra. <laughs> I should also add in that an Am World's champ of a couple of years ago should probably give us advice yeah, on mental game. I, so, I, Colleen, I did not know that this was you. And then Chris filled me in that, you know, you're uh, literally a champion, disc golfer. So, a world champ. Yeah. So, uh, so take, take take this for what it's worth. <laughs> Tell us how to be good at mental game. Yeah. If the Daniel Tiger song's helpful, let me know. I already forgot it, but I remember now. We feel so bad, like you're mad, like you want to roar. Take a deep breath and count to four. One, two, three, four. There you go. Got it. There's an app. You can get the Daniel Tiger app. Oh, it's got them all in there. No way. Yeah. Life is good. Yeah. It's pretty good. So uh, that's a, that's our show for this week. Watch Daniel Tiger on PBS Kids. <laughs>
I don't think PBS will pick us up ever. No, I don't think so. But maybe, you know, I wish this was still the days of like, uh, what is it? I'm, I'm local broadcast, like local, oh, like yeah. you could just get like, cause we're on a university, you know, just go set up a fern and do our own little local broadcast disc golf show. That'd be cool. That'd be pretty great. That'd be really cool. But then that's more gear that I got to haul around. <laughs> but it'd be cool. Yeah. I got to carry a fern. Well, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully that helps. Yeah. In some respect. That was a great question. So thank you so much. And um And thank you for giving me the C T and you the other C T. That's very flattering. Yes. Very kind. So uh write into us. Good sun pod old podcast. (laughs) I was so confused. (laughs) Pro am disc golf. At gmail.com. Yeah. I, I had a podcast called The Good Son Podcast that I think I'm just going to take down soon. So oh, okay. it was a comedy podcast, The oh. Good Son Podcast, if you're not interested in that. So uh, I don't think anybody listens to it anymore. So if I ever say Good Son when I'm doing this, that's just that's my muscle memory of <laughs> just forgive doing me. that podcast before. But um, proamdiscgolf <laughs> at gmail.com, proamdiscgolf on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And uh we're getting people, more people joining the group and people uh, liking the page. So um, comment on the shows in the group too. Just if there's a discussion topic, put it up there and then maybe the group can help respond too. So um, yeah, maybe Colleen ask, ask the, on the Facebook group and let's get everybody else's perspective on, on this. Cause this is an important thing. This is how you get good at disc golf and pretty much anything really. Yeah. Is mental. Yeah. We no, can. it's a great question. So thanks for uh, thanks for writing in and, and giving us some good content and yeah. just good something good to talk about. Uh, anything else you want to say? Uh, I don't think so. All right, I was looking. I got nothing. No, we we don't need to have anything. We're we're at time. So. Cool. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Until then, keep your own plastic. Cheers. <laughs>